Hey, all you faithful Dade Four Devotion podcast listeners, we're so glad to have you. And if it's your first time, then uh, where have you been? What, what's going on with you? Yeah, we're, we're like uh, we're we're like thirty one deep here. This is uh, this is a good time to jump in, though. That's right. Although it's not a true thirty one, there has there has been some misses along the way. We don't like to talk about those. That's true. And yet here I am. So we're talking about uh, the greatest command. And you know what? Like just that, even that word command uh, kind of has some connotations to it, right? We think of command like, oh, I give my dog commands or I hit, you know, I have a command key on my computer. But there's another part of us that here's the word command and it kind of makes us bristle. You know, it makes us kind of get in that posture where we don't want to be told what to do. Right. It's the concept here is we're talking about God's law. And again, law is another one of those words that we know kind of makes us bring up because we're, we're careful. Like when you want to be on the right side of the law, or maybe you've got an issue where, you know, someone with authority kind of pushed you around or there's laws that you don't really like or agree with, or maybe that you completely understand them, but you're not always great at doing them. And, you know, it was a fun exercise, you know, you and I talked when we were preparing for the message that went with this, um, about some of the silly laws that are on the books, even in, in Canada, even now today. Right. I, I thought that was, I thought, you know, the, some of these, I just took my couple of my favorites there with, with the horse being drugged down the street. You couldn't right. do that on a Sunday and, you know, a dog sled on the sidewalk. And, and there were other bizarre ones of things that you were, you know, it's still in the books about you're not allowed to challenge someone to a duel. And if someone challenges you to a duel, if you accept it, then you're also in trouble. All these things that are just kind of seem strange, but informative, you know, in case you, you bump up against it. But you're right. The the words like law or command, um, they can ignite something in us that I think misses the mark uh, for what we're talking about today. Right. And of course, as we talk about, you know, uh, God's commands. We understand that these are things that are for our good and for His glory. It's not That's about right. it's not the law to... of the land. This is God's law, right? So it's not you know it's kind of moving away from you know your sordid past of being a juvenile delinquent, and uh, <laughs> more it's it's more in uh, I don't know. It's more like instructions, right? It's more like a guide, not not a guide like optional, but like hey, like this is the way to best enjoy this thing. And in this case, the thing is life. That's more like the owner's manual for life. Exactly. If you want to know how it works and you follow the manual, you want to get, you know, (laughs) you want to get electrocuted, so to speak, or harmed by, uh, you know, this thing called life, then you can ignore uh, the one who created it. And uh, just a lot of times things aren't going to go well. And what better avenue than to engage with the one who has written the manual? Absolutely. And so... Uh, with all of this metaphor and imagery, we're going to get into some tangibles here. And why don't we just read the thing? All um, right, let's do it. And so uh, the first passage we're going to look at today as we talk about uh, the greatest command is where we get it from in the Old Testament of Deuteronomy uh, 6, 4, and 5. That Deuteronomy, uh, sorry, just before I read it, that, I, you know, as a, uh, as a preacher, you know, I have to say a lot of these like Bible words and Bible names and even Bible books. And as I say Deuteronomy, I always second guess how I'm pronouncing it. I just like, it like freaks me out every time I try to say it. Anyway, so that's the book. The reference is six, four, and five, and I will not belabor my own inadequacies any longer. So here's what it says. Here, O Israel, 
The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. That's the English Standard uh, Version. Yeah, yeah. And man, that's, if, if there's verses, you know, we've talked about this throughout. That there are some verses that you might be aware of in Scripture, even people who don't really know the Bible. Like everybody knows John 3.16. And there's a couple others that are like that where maybe people can't give you Scripture in verse. Like people love like, don't judge, for example. Or they say, judge not lest ye be judged. And this could be another one that sometimes people will be like, okay, I think I've heard that before. That right. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. And, you know, later we'll talk about in all your mind and all your strength. And this is the Jewish Shema. It was a, it was a prayer. And that they would, they would recite it. They would recite it daily. In fact, when this is given, it says to take this. And he says, and, and talk about it. Talk about it with your children. Talk about it with your family. Talk about it when you get up in the morning and talk about it when you're getting ready to go to bed at night. And and uh, Jewish rabbis would tie these things called phylacteries. There's like these little like wristbands and headbands. They would tuck these little scrolls into them and that's what they would say. It would have the Shema written on it. And it was, it was to bind them on your forehead as far as like the way that it would like impact your thoughts and to tie them around your wrists to impact the things that you do. It was significant and they, and they knew it. Right. And it was a practice, right? Like think of, you know, these, all these little, you know, Jewish students that are listening to the announcements come on in the school in the morning and they would, you know, they didn't have the Lord's prayer yet. So they did the, yeah. the Shema. Yeah. No, yeah. But you know what? All kidding aside, it, it really points to what we are supposed to do, right? That this, you know, you can look at this and I think we often do with this passage and we say, well, that's, that's good instruction, you know, as far as like, Love uh, the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your uh, heart, with all your might, etc. Um, but you can definitely take this practice and certainly apply the go and do likewise, right? That they, insofar as that they talked about it all the mm-hmm. time, they had it written down, you know. Uh, many of us, and I know you and I remember reciting the Lord's Prayer in, uh, in school, mm-hmm. And, and perhaps a, a decent illustration of how that went would be when you and I had to learn it in French, in French immersion, where you could basically make the sounds and have no idea what you were saying. Yes. Um, you know, I, I mean, I knew I was reciting the Lord's Prayer, but, you know, if you asked me to read back the last three words I said, I, I wouldn't have known them. Right. Or to just take it, take two or three words in the middle and say, OK, what what portion is that? Like, what is it that you're saying? Right. And so um, the idea is that, you know. You would talk about these things. You would think about these things with the intended purpose that you would learn them, that you would internalize them, and that you would allow them to guide you. Because if, if you don't have that process or that practice, if you will, then how does a person go about loving this Lord with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength? Right. We tend to unpack the different words there, like as far as like, what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart. We kind of you know talk about heart and passion and all these things and say, okay, well, let's talk about soul. And that's the, the inner person and mind is the intellect and strength is the, is the tangibles. But the key word in that passage is the word all. Mm. That's the one that's repeated, right? And it's with all of your heart, like with your passions, your desires, not just like, 
well, like I really love the Lord and I also really love my job and I love, you know, to barbecue and I love golf or whatever you might love. And, you know, to say, well, I love the Lord with, with my, with my soul. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of into this thing and that thing. Like, and it's not about like, Oh, well, all there is is God, nothing else. You can't like anything else. It's not what it is, but it's saying that that's the biggest thing. Like everything else is couched in my love for God that everything is like everything about me is couched in my love for God. All the things that I do, right, is couched right. in my love for God. And again, this talking about that when you get up and, and get down, like, look, I think sometimes we hear that and I, maybe you feel a little intimidated. Like if it's not a practice that you've done, like think about with your family, okay? Mm -hmm. And so maybe you've got kids at home and you're thinking like, man, I, I don't know if that could be said of me that I talk about it when we get up and, and when we go to bed and things like this. And, and you can just seem daunting. Look, even things like having a quick prayer with your kids in the morning before they go to school. Like, it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be everybody holding hands. And you're like, oh, man, our, our house is so crazy trying to do that. Okay, that's fine. Something quick. Like, look, you can get these little beginner Bibles. Like, I've, I still have the same one at my house that, that our aunt gave to us, like, in the second grade. And I, I just sit down, just do a chapter or two out of that every night with, with my kids. You know what I mean? Just down, read the story, ask them a couple questions. Like, like it's, it's, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to do this. You don't no. need little flactories up your sleeves right. and say, okay, everybody, now it's time to recite the Shema. You could do that. That'd be wonderful if you did that. But that's sure. not what you have to do. No. And look, I, I remember that little Bible and, you know, I'm sure someday you'll finish reading it. But uh, yeah, close you know, to the end. For, for some, it could be, you know, that's, that's a great example. At, at our house, we have this little... Uh, thing it came from the dollar store of all places and it's it's uh, our daily bread and it looks like this little plastic loaf of bread and it's got like you know a gazillion of these little tabs in it and you just pull one out and it's got a scripture on it and at the supper table every night we just pull it out and we read the scripture and then we talk about it for a few minutes uh, for, for a few minutes or mittens whatever we have on hand that's the um, blackberry right is that get it on hand i saved it anyway um the <laughs> But, you know, if something that you could do if you want is if you have the version uh, app on your phone, yeah. there's a verse of the day as soon as you open it up. Mm -hmm. Right. And you could just use that one. Right. And so just at some point, And again, like, you know, it could be before bed. It could be at the supper table. Um, whatever works in your household. You can, you can set reminders for these things. You don't have, like, it doesn't take an hour and it doesn't take hours of preparation. That's right. And look, like there, there could be a, uh, a, a verse and there has been verses in our little experience of doing this where I'm like, that's kind of in the middle of something. And I'm not entirely sure what that was referring to. Mm -hmm. So it gives us an opportunity to look it up and like, oh, that's what this is. Right. And, and look, you, you could do it with the uh, purpose of if, if you're a parent teaching your kids um, but you'll end up learning a lot along the way, or, you know, it's just you and your spouse or you and, and your roommate or whatever. Uh, there's a lot you can learn and you're always blessed when you take time in God's word. The best way to commit anything to memory is to teach to someone else. And again, I say it kind of brings us into the next one. We're still in Deuteronomy. I have no trouble saying it. I've been saying it for a long time. I feel like you um, mispronounced it. <laughs> it's dude, right? Deuteronomy. Yeah. Deuteronomy. Dude, Deuteronomy. Uh, there, I've already done it. It's a, it's a, it's a 
Bible superhero in there somewhere. Chapter 10. Ah, really, though. Chapter 10, verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. Now, we get a few words in there again that sometimes we don't like. We talked earlier about the word command or the word law. Now we've got, what does the Lord ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience? And you're like, oh man, that's over. You know, like talking about fearing God. And, and again, we, we talked to a, a week or so ago about the word submission, and that's another mm. one. We don't, like, we'll get all these words that we don't like. But the fear of the Lord is to acknowledge who he is, that, right. that he's He's God, that he's big, he's the creator, he's the power of all things, you know? And it, it's it's not, it, we're, we're so fortunate that we serve a God of love, but it's just that that idea that he is, he is everything, you know? He is the, he's the creator of, of earth, and the heavens and and all that there is and you know and so that his way is best and, and we would not want to be we fear him in so far that we would never want to be in a place where we are in opposition to him which is why the follow-up is to walk in obedience and we right. hear that like oh obey and again that's just it's following the one who made the he made the earth and he wrote the manual right knows how it works and again it's he loves us, and so the command knows us to fear him, to walk in obedience, and is to love him and to serve him. And again, we already talked with, with your heart and with your soul. Sure, this is look, this just acknowledges God as who he is, and uh, you know, that he is the author and overseer of the house rules, mm -hmm. right? Right, in when you grow up in a house, you know, your, your mom and dad, you know, they they rule the roost. They make the rules and, you know, you get to a point sometimes where you start to push boundaries and you want to assert some independence. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you get to a point where you have to understand that if you want to be independent, then you cannot be a dependent. That's right. Right. And, you know, of course, uh, in your in your household as a child, you'll grow up and you will eventually hopefully move from being a dependent to fully independent. But in this world. Uh, you don't outgrow it that, you know, we are, we are dependent, you know I mean? If you want to like pop on the outside of the earth and the universe and create your own, uh, bon chance, bon frere. But yeah. this is, uh, the, this is God. He, he's the creator. And so again, you want to, uh, operate within his parameters because he is the creator of all those things. And look, just the same way where, uh, you know, an unruly youth who might want to go try and strike out on their own um, will often find that uh, things are not as fun without that that love and that care. Um, even in acknowledging that there are times when we misinterpret or don't fully understand the love and care that we're receiving. Right. And that's that's the big thing, because and I know not everybody has this experience. and I'm sensitive to that. But generally speaking, or at least from my own experience, you know, when you're growing up and you do kind of have those little bits where you think that you know better or that you know best and, you know, mom and dad have these rules, but they're, they don't really know and blah, blah, blah. And then the older you get, the more you realize that they knew, you know what yeah. I mean? And it, it's funny because I've heard different things where people talk about, you know, like, uh, you know, kids, kids are smart in their own way. 
But the idea that like you're just like this completely brilliant child, it doesn't it means that you're smart for a child. Right? right? You might know certain things that adults don't know. But the thing is, like, if I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm inner turmoil whether or not I should even say this, so I'm just going to come out with it. But, like, <laughs> you know, if you look back on your 16 year old self and you're an adult and you think that you were brilliant, I'm worried about that. Like, no. if you look back and think, man, some of the things I thought, man, were just, I was just a moron. If you don't think that, you might still be a moron. Yeah, odds are. <laughs> odds are. We're, we're growing. And so part of the fear of the Lord here and walking in obedience to him is realizing that he might know something that you don't and mm. that he's more powerful because he's all powerful. And as you said off the top there, it's it's just the full acknowledgement of who he is. Yeah. And look, you know if you live in that acknowledgement, then you will love him. Mm-hmm. And if you do love him, there is going to be it'll be the desire of your heart to serve him and to please him. It very much reminds me of Micah uh, 6, 8, which says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. You know? And, and doesn't that look just like a beautiful picture? The, the, our verse in Deuteronomy 10 says the same thing. And yet this, this, they have this very poetic way of putting it in, in Micah uh, 6, 8. It's, it's just the God who cares for you, who knows how it works. And when we love him with all of our heart and soul, it just translates into this beautiful life and this wonderful walking with the Lord. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, we refer to it as the greatest command. Right. Uh, it's reiterated in our final passage in Luke 26 and 27. He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Right. So right. Th- this is that part where it's like, well, the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And there's there's a lot of good stuff in here. Uh, as, as again, this grace command comes up again. This time it's not... Uh, Jesus being questioned by the Pharisees, but rather in this instance, he kind of turns it around uh, back to the questioner. Right. Now you, in our pre-conversation, you pointed out something that I hadn't really Mm. noted before. Um, And that's what Jesus says back to him when he says, what's written in in the law, Jesus asked. And then he says, how do you read it? Right. And that kind of jumped off the page to me because I know it's easy for us sometimes to think that we get our own version Right. Mm-hmm. That and and a lot of people think that biblical interpretation is personal. That's right. Right. That it's like, oh, well, this is that's how do you when he asks, like, how do you read it? Like like it's a pass to be like, oh, well, this is how I read it. And if I read it this way, then that right. must be what it means. All right. And when you disagree with somebody about what they are saying about it, what do you say? You say that's your interpretation. Well, that's your interpretation. Exactly. Right. As if everybody gets their own interpretation. Right. And and the truth is, just to be very clear, you don't get your own interpretation. Right. You don't get your own facts. You don't get your own truth. Mm-hmm. All of these things are exactly what they are. And so when he says, how do you read it? Um, it's to verify accuracy. It's to yes. make sure that it's all oh, good. It's not... It's That's not right. how you shape your own flavor. And that is 
that's displayed in Jesus' response because it says he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus replies, you have answered correctly, right? Yeah. It's not like, oh, that's a good interpretation. That's a good thought, right? right? He says, that is correct. And then he says, do this and you will live. And then, and then again, then it moves into this, well, how do you, how do you love my neighbor? Or more here is, he says, well, who's, who's my neighbor, right? right? Who is it that I am supposed to love as I love myself? Right. And this is where the explaining the, the, this is where accuracy comes in because for, you know, the, the other party here for him, well, who is my neighbor? Well, he's, what he's trying to figure out is who aligns with me close enough that I would consider them a neighbor. Like, like, you know, for him, the neighbor is the fellow Jew who, you know, operates the way that he operates, thinks what he thinks, lives where he lives. Like you have to be, you know, here's a list of 10 criteria. You got to meet nine and a half of them. Right. And then you are my neighbor. And, And of course, Jesus sets the whole thing on his end with the, you know, oxymoron. And we did talk about the oxymoron, I believe last week. That's right. Um, and, uh, you know, the good Samaritan. Right. For right. So for Jew, no such thing. And yet he's like, that's that's how you identify how you operate with your neighbor. That's right. Because basically the question doesn't doesn't go like, well, okay, well, who's the neighbor? Mm. Jesus essentially asked who is neighborly, mm. right? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Now, there's a couple things that we need to understand about this. First of all, is, as you just said, the... The, the expert in the law, his perspective is, okay, well, it needs to be somebody who completely aligns with me. And then Jesus doesn't just show to love the unlovable, but in this story, the unlovable is the lovable one. Okay? Right. So it's to see them in a totally different light. Now, right. to, to be able to, you know, ask, well, do you love your neighbor? Well, can, do you? How do you respond to those who don't agree with you? Mm. Uh, like, how do you view those who don't like what you like, who don't think how you think, who don't vote how you vote. Right. And honestly, and we talked a little bit about the message, and you and I have had some conversations about this. I don't know sometimes within the church, we even get it as basic as this teacher of the law did in the heart of his question. Right. Because he was like, well, obviously I'm going to love my fellow Jews. Right. And I think for us, we would think, well, obviously I'm going to love my fellow Christians. And man, there's 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 portions of of the church or Christianity or what have you that, that don't. In well, fact, we want to make sure the world knows that we don't like the church either. Well, and, I was going to say folly. Like, look, and it's it's like almost classic overcorrection, right? You hear the Good Samaritan. Okay, mm-hmm. now remember that the the name of the of the parable is the Good Samaritan, not the evil Jew. Right. Yes. You know I mean? Like yes. this is not like an overcorrection thing. Like this, this wasn't like a hit piece on God's people. Mm-hmm. Right now, the, the way that, you know, they acted in this story is indicting. No doubt about it. Right. This wasn't like a, okay. Yay, now, Samaria, we're, we're okay. switching teams now. Right. You know exactly. I mean? And look, we've talked about this. Like it's very in vogue um, for people to be like, Oh, well, you know, like, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I need to qualify all because I'm not like this awful, 
group of, of people or, you know, I, I'm, I'm not with them. I'm not a part of them. I'm, I'm very spiritual, but I'm not religious. So don't associate me with these people. Like, and we're actually in making sure that the person we're talking to doesn't feel othered. We are othering God's people. And with all of God's people tucked neatly underneath the bus. Yes. Well, uh, you've wandered down a lonely road and it's a road that you do not want to be on. I'm, I'm going to say this, and it's funny. I, I preached a, a few years ago at the Maritime Christian Fellowship and I used this illustration. I just want to highlight it very quickly that part of what we have to remember when we're talking about the church first is this, that the church is not perfect. Okay. Church has earned, well-earned some criticism. Sure. That is, that is not debatable. That notwithstanding, the church, as you said, is God's people. It's God's family. It is the bride of Christ. And I remember saying, like, you know, if we were we were in a group of people and someone started st talking smack about my wife, like, that's going to get addressed and quickly. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to listen to that. Right. And just not going to do it. Like, that's going to be, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to put a stop to that and fast. And you might think, yeah, well, I know the church is the bride of Christ. Well, don't forget who the groom is. And the groom loves the bride, imperfect as she may be. He, he loves her. And so the other thing, too, is a lot of times where you're like, oh, like, I'm as if you're not a part of it. And right. so what you do is you're like, well, I'm not like in the world who don't believe in God. And I'm also not like in like the church who has it all wrong. I'm kind of in this island by myself in right, Wrightville. You know right. what I mean? Which I'm the is, best of both of you. Right, right, exactly. Which is another word for arrogant. Right. Okay? Not not self-aware, right? That's the person I think that in First John talks about. If a person claims to be without sin, they're a liar. The truth right. is not in them. I yeah. think that's that that person. And so we want to be careful. You know what I mean? It's it's listen, it's okay to be self-aware. It's okay to be note like, hey, the church has got some work to do here. But to all of a sudden be like, oh well, I hate Christians. You know, that's no good any more than I hate the world. And no. so for the Christian that can't even understand where the world is coming from, for the Christian that like totally otherizes the world, that's no good. And for the Christian who somehow thinks they're on an island because they've otherized the church and are trying to like appeal to, you know, virtual signal to the world that they're not this, that's no good either. Look, go back. What is it that the Lord requires is to fear God, is to love him, to walk in obedience to him, to serve him. And when you're loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you're acting that out in loving your neighbor, both in the church and outside. Right. But, well, you know, the scripture even says, but especially the brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. Well, what you're doing is you're functioning as a part of and within the body. That's right. Right. And there's no life apart from the body. And there's no benefit for you to be disparaging to the body and do harm to the body and isolate yourself from the body. Mm -hmm. there, there's none of that. Like, we just take that illustration to its natural end. There's no part of that that is beneficial. And and here's the thing is like what you're what you're really trying to do in that, you know, you may not frame it up that way, but when you when you back it off, really what you're trying to do to the world is you're not trying to sell them on Jesus. You're trying to sell them on you. That's right. That's and right. it's not like, it's like, oh yeah, well, forgive me because of all these clowns like that, that, that don't have it right. Um, you know, they, they cling to like their, their Bible and their church, but like, you know, I love more perfectly than they do. 
Right. And again, it's it's not about it's not about perfection. It's not that doesn't happen. Look, no perfection every, family, every family probably has like you know somebody that can embarrass you sometimes. I know our family certainly did. Yep. I won't say who it is. <laughs> you know, but yeah. I'm just saying. But you know what? But here, let me let me make it a little bit more serious for a minute. Okay, look, there's lots of people in this world that I love. Okay, but there, there there's no one that I love more than the ones who exist in my walls. Right. Like that's my family first. Sure. You know what I mean? And like I love and serve outside of this. And it's not that I love everything that everybody does here all the time. Okay. But that's my family. And when we talk about the house of God, man, again, like it's, it's love your neighbor as yourself. Like it means that you're like, you, you do good to them the same way you would want people to do good to you, to be mindful, like to be helpful, to, to be serving. And when we serve inside the house of the Lord, that's where we get in that Matthew 25 passage that we unpacked where Jesus said, you know, if you did it for them, you did it for me. Yep. I think that's a good button to put on it there, Dan. I think I think that's it. And so, again, we, we, we just want to highlight that. I want to pray for you, pray for your families. And I especially want to just go back and highlight, like, it may, I, I don't I don't ever want you to leave listen to this podcast going like, oh, man, like I need to smarten the heck up. Unless you need that, unless the Lord's putting that on your on your heart. But I really want you to hear that, the, the easiness of just take some time and pray with your family. Like, you know right. what I mean? At big time tonight, surprise your spouse and say, hey, you know, what? before we go to sleep, let's let's pray together. Let's just pray. You know what I mean? Or like find out whatever the verse is of the day. Like open you version. If you don't have it, you should have it. Go download that. Like press pause on this and download it right now. And here's the verse of the day. And just be like, hey, spouse. That's what I call my spouse. You know, check Still out the agreeing. verse of the day. Isn't that great? Let's, let's, let's pray. You know, and just, and just you know, you'd be amazed where that will take you. So we're going to pray right now. And, uh. Uh, and, and we're going to pray that you've got, that you're able to do that. That you have a blessed day and all the wonderful stuff that goes with that. So let's, let's do that now. Heavenly father, Lord, you are good. You're great. And you are worthy of our praise. Lord, you are, you're worthy of our obedience. You're worthy of our service. And I pray Lord, that our, our lives be marked with the service of you, that we would be loving one another and serving one another. I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't hear those words and bristle or feel resentful, Lord. I pray that we would love the church, that we would love the bride, that we'd love the body, that we would be your people, that we would, in so doing, be your hands and feet, that we would care for one another in the church. And then, Lord, we would care for the lost. We would love the world, that because of the way that we love, others would know that you live. And that, Lord, by the way that we love one another, everyone would know that we belong to you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd be with us as we strive to love you with all of our hearts and all of our souls, and all of our minds, all of our strength. And we just commit this day to you, Lord, as well as the days ahead. And ask for your guidance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks a lot, Dan. And thank you to everybody who has been with us. And look, we want to invite you to keep coming back. You don't want to miss next week where we're going to have a very special guest join us, the one and only Deuteronomy. He will be here. <laughs> I, I was wondering who the guest was going to be. I love that dude. Yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's next week's sponsor. So. Oh, good. We we're, we're, we're the last sponsors didn't come through. So. No, they did not. They they let us down, but not like that dude, Deuteronomy man. He's he's gonna be the quality is so high, but believe us. Yeah, that's right. 
<laughs> over the podcast. Oh man! All right, well, look forward to him. Don't want to miss that.